Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. What's up, everybody? Matt Lucineris here, your host and founder of The Good and the Dad. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, I've got an old friend, Stephanie, and, and her husband, Juan Martinez, uh, joining us tonight to talk a little bit about um, some interracial marriage, um, individually, collectively, and just how life is in general for them. Um, I know a lot of times on, on this podcast, we, we talk about you know, some negatives, uh, but we do want to talk about some positives tonight um, with Stephanie and Juan and, you know, and really just kind of dive into their relationship, what they've, you know, experienced um, in, in their current relationship, their current marriage, um, their past relationships in regards to just, you know, race and, and you know, the inclusion components um, and just to, you know, talk a little bit about that. So Juan and Stephanie, thanks for joining me tonight. How are you guys? We're good. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. For sure, for sure. So for those of you listening, uh, Stephanie and Juan are currently sitting in Stephanie's mom's car um, <laughs> as as they're visiting in Florida due to um, her dad potentially uh, interrupting us. So, um, <laughs> so uh, Mr. Gordetsky, if you're out there listening, thanks so much. Uh, <clears throat> but... Um, <laughs> So, no, I, I really appreciate you guys joining me um, and, and taking the time out of your vacation. Um, you know, for those of you listening, Stephanie and Juan live in, in L.A. Um, and are visiting their parents in Florida. And then after that, going down to the Dominican Republic to see Juan's family down there. So, I, again, I appreciate you guys taking the time. So um, we've got a, a plethora of questions here and plethora of, of topics to talk about. But um, I want to talk to... Uh, two things here. So I'm going to start off with microaggressions. Um, and one, I'm going to kind of pass the baton on to you um, after I, I, I ask this question, but um, walk me through or walk us through a little bit um, in, in your life, you know, being mixed race like myself, you know, obviously not the same backgrounds, but um, just being a mixed race individual. Um, talk to me about some of the microaggressions that you've experienced, you know, growing up, you know, as a kid, growing up as a, a teenager and as, you know, in your adult life as well, whether that's um, you know, in your working life, um, as well as in your personal life. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, I want to start off kind of by saying that, like, not until, you know, these past couple of years have I noticed all of the things that I've experienced as a child that didn't make sense to me at the time. And like, when I reflect on it now, it just kind of like, it's just kind of crazy, you know, um, to think about all the different situations that I was in or that, like I said, at the time, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Um, but, or you didn't know they were microaggressions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I had the feeling, you know, that I would have today and, and, um, and that emotion, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really fully understand it. Um, if that makes any sense, but yep. You know, especially now, um, as an adult, you know, it, it's something that I experience and I'm fully aware of on a daily basis. Um, and that could be, you know, w wherever I'm at, whether, um, you know, within my own apartment building or 
you know, in, in my professional life, um, uh, in my career or, or even just running errands, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's something that's happening all the time and it's just kind of, it's crazy, you know, and especially now with, you know, with this year in 2020 and on how much things have escalated, um, it's made me even more aware of, of all the things, um, that are happening. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, like, like I said, even just going to the grocery store, like, you know, I, I like to, you know, me and Stephanie talk about this all the time. Like I, I like for her to accompany me all the time because Mm -hmm. it it just makes things, it makes me feel more comfortable and, and it's kind of messed up, but I think it, makes other people feel more comfortable too um and and that's just kind of sad that you know just going off of my appearance like me being with you know another white person that would make them feel more safe or maybe have a better attitude um you know all those kinds of things it it de-escalates the situation before there's even a situation which is crazy you know and the, the fact that you know you've kind of the way I look at it, because I, I agree with you and everything that you're saying, it's, you know, I have the same experiences, you know, and to your point, you know, like when you're bringing Stephanie with you, it's like, essentially, you're you're having to dilute yourself. And, and this isn't any offense to like, to white people, or to Stephanie, for that matter, but mm-hmm. um, you have to dilute yourself, you have to dilute the color of your skin, in order to, and, and not really, and I can't speak for you specifically, but like, for me, like, it's not to, like, for myself necessarily. It's more for the people that I don't know that I'm going to be seeing in public, like, almost for their, like, uh, sense of security, which is crazy. Exactly. The fact that we literally have to manipulate every little thing that we do in our lives because other people are uncomfortable or other people are judging or are prejudiced or, you know, even worse than that, you know, racist or bigoted or whatever the case may be. Um so it, it's just, I, I totally hear what you're saying on that. And, and it's crazy. Um, I want to take a step backwards real quick before I pass this on to Stephanie. So for those of you guys listening, um, you know, Juan works in, uh, in production studio for a, uh, a worldwide company. Um, and Stephanie works in HR for a new um, tech startup. So um, those are kind of their professional backgrounds. Um, and Juan, can you just walk us through really quickly what your your ethnic background, your racial background is for us? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm a I'm a mix. Um, I, I mostly identify, you know, um, uh, as a Dominican uh, from Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, yeah, Latin, but um, you know, I, I do have um you know some chinese in me um uh, my dad has some puerto rican in him and all that kind of stuff and um and we actually as a gift stephanie got me um what are they called uh, like the ancestries, ancestries. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so well i got it for him because i i felt like there was a lot of conversation around um people from Dominican Republic and, um, you know, their roots and that a lot of times you can be like an Afro Dominican. And Mm -hmm. and that's why sometimes a lot of Dominicans have um, darker skin color. And so I wanted him to kind of dig into that and and see what like his true, you know, heritage and ancestry is. Yeah. uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, actually, 
was it her? It was either her or her, or her parents got me that a couple of years ago for Christmas. And nice. I was like, I was blown away actually at really truly what my background was. Cause you know, I identify as, you know, black Puerto Rican, you know, white Jew, you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what I tell people when they ask me what I am, but like being able to literally see the percentages of like pinpoint locations, even like tribal names in Africa, like what my descent yeah. from is like so mind blowing. And it's, it's like, what an experience, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be able to see that. So that's a really cool, uh, really cool gift. But, um, and then Stephanie, you know, walk, walk us through what your background is. <laughs> <laughs> so Juan got me it also. And he, I think was really, I was like, I already know pretty much what's yeah. going to come back. Um, and he, I guess, thought that there was maybe going to be like some surprise element to mm-hmm. it. Um, but it was, you know, predominantly, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Russian and I'm Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what my ancestry spoke to. Um, and I'm Jewish. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, so just to kind of, you know, so then to kind of, you know, get back to the microaggressions part of that, um, Stephanie, from your side, one being a female two being a white female, you know, being white, um, and being married to a dark-skinned mixed-race man for you um i guess did you ever before meeting juan did you ever really know what a microaggression was or um did you ever experience that in other relationships and other friendships or anything like that yeah, um, I, I don't think I really knew it as a microaggression. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never really knew that term until recently or, or didn't really understand what it was. But I, I definitely did um, experience that with um, friends and also with, you know, past relationships mm-hmm. that have been um, like a, an interracial relationship. Um, there, there was one time I um, was in a car with, with somebody and they were, we were pulled over, Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was mixed race. And, um, I don't even remember the reason we were pulled over. Um, it was something to do with like a taillight, um, his license, something ended up being on his license. I don't really remember exactly the whole situation and the cops, you know, I think this was the first time I ever experienced something like this. Um, obviously being white, I'm, I'm not really, I don't get, I don't really get involved in those situations because, because of the white privilege, uh, mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, they pulled us over, um, they took him out of the car, pinned him to the ground. It was an extremely aggressive situation. I was so confused. Um, they took him and arrested him. Didn't even tell anyone why really, um, at first. And then they took my purse and like threw everything out on the ground. And then they asked me what I was doing with that monkey. Um, yeah. And I was just, I was so confused. Like I, I just remember being like blown away that like, wait, what, like what's happening? Like, why are, like, why is this happening right now? Like, this is what people go through. Like, this is a thing. Um, and anyways, that was kind of, you know, one of the, one of the situations. Um, and I, I think it just, you know, afterwards I, I really sat there and I thought about it and I was like, wow, you know, I, I guess I didn't really realize these situations truly still exist. And I think it was sort of a blessing in disguise because I, I realized that at a, at a very young age. Um, and 
also, you know, there were situations with friends when I was in college and, and things happening with um, police officers and um, not realizing it again at first, like the situation and how it's different for me and how it's different for a person of color and like the things that I can get away with and the things that they can't get away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, but I think what's, in, you know, for you, what's or just in general, what's important is that you recognize that. Right. And that um, I know, you know, I know you personally. Um, I know that you speak out against those types of things one because of the person that you are and two because of the person that you're married to right Mm -hmm. so um so then going back to Juan's you know uh response to that that question is um when you are going places with Juan Mm -hmm. and when you hear Juan you know express that like I have to I bring Stephanie with me because Mm -hmm. it makes me feel safer or makes other people feel safer what is internally, how does that make you feel? Um, it makes me feel sad. It makes me angry. It, um, it, it also makes me scared in a way too, because I always think about when he does go places without me, or it makes me feel almost like a sense of anxiety if I can't go somewhere with him, um, because I know that he feels more comfortable with it. And um, and it's also sad because, you know, and he, he said this to me before, like he wants to be the one to feel like he can protect me when we go places mm-hmm. and not necessarily where it has to be that I'm there to protect him. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I feel sad about it. I feel angry about it. Um, I, I see it. I am a lot more aware of it. I think actually the past mm-hmm. couple of years, um, and I think it took me some time to get there because at first I, I, I wasn't really aware of it or I didn't really see it. Um, and the more and more we started having these conversations, I, I tried to um, really be almost like more, I guess, empathetic than sympathetic about mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I needed to, to figure out, not that I could ever truly understand, but figure out like how to put myself in his shoes and, and see what's happening and open my eyes to it. And so I, I, I do see these microaggressions and I do see what's happening. Like when we walk into a store and nobody acknowledges us and nobody acknowledge, or they acknowledge me and they don't acknowledge Juan. Yep. Um, I hear, you know, stories that he's told me in the past at his other jobs, um, you know, with ideas that he's brought up to people and um, it, it gets kind of just like tossed to the side. And then he comes home a month later and he's like, somebody took my idea and used it. as wow. um, and, and so those are, those fall under like microaggressions and um, you know, it, it's, it's sad. It, it's, it frustrates. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really interesting what you said. Um, and I've never really heard anybody kind of say it like this, but being empathetic versus sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for people to, to take away from this part of the conversation, right? And when we're talking about, you know, because there's so much, there's, there's sadly, there's so, so many things going on in social media in the, you know, this past election, mm-hmm. moving forward, um, just in general in this this social climate that we've got going on in our country that, you know, like talking about empathetic versus sympathetic. And I think, you know, and then you hear like the terms of like, you know, white silence is violence. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you hear all these types of terms and we talk about how, like when we're talking about the black community specifically and black lives matter, you know, and yes, there's people out there that talk about like the, the political, you know, stance behind black lives matter rather than focusing truly on like, 
why there's black people in the streets protesting against black violence. Like there's, there's two sides always to every story, right? Three sides mainly. Um, but I think it's really important for not just, and I say this, I say this on every episode because it always comes up. And I say this in conversations that I have off like the podcast is that like when we talk about black lives matter and we talk about racial like injustices and racial issues going on, um, yes, it's important that the white communities and other communities listen to the black communities and the black pain and the pain, you know, in, in the struggles and the issues that are going on within the black communities. Um, but I think it's important that, that people in the black community as well. And I know this probably upsets certain people when I say this, it's important for, and I can only speak for myself to listen as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And rather than just always educating and always wanting to talk to people, because in order for, for me, again, I can only speak for myself in order for me to educate someone and for me to give people the information, the, the, the useful information that they, I feel that they would need to educate themselves and to learn is I have to better understand what their mindset is and what, what their train of thought is. Because mm -hmm. if I don't know that, then I don't know what, way to approach having that conversation with that person. But I find myself a lot of times when I'm in a conversation like that and I'm asking questions and I'm letting that the other side speak. Um, you know, and I said this in, in, in a, a pod, you know, in an episode that's going to be coming out soon as I find myself sometimes becoming combative because mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, seven or eight times out of 10, the things that are coming out of those people's mouths is stuff that really irritates me and is stuff that feeds to the true deep rooted issues that are going on in our country in regards to race. Um, so it's a very fine line balance, but like you said, going back to it, empathetic versus sympathetic. And I think that's really, really important for people to listen to and to take that into consideration. I myself take that into consideration because not just in like the topic of race, mm -hmm. right. But like, even in just like our marriages and just in our relationships and, you know, whether that's working relationships or personal relationships or just individually for ourselves becoming more empathetic versus sympathetic. I think that again, so, you know, kudos to you for saying that because I think that's awesome. So, um, so kind of going on to the next, next kind of, you know, question topic is talking about, and we kind of already touched on this a little bit in regards to the microaggressions as you guys in a relationship, but, um, Talk to me a little bit about um, being in a mixed race, you know, relationship and then, you know, getting into a marriage, um, you know, coming from different races, ethnic backgrounds, re probably religious backgrounds. Mm -hmm. How has that molded you guys in your relationship? How has that af potentially affected people on the outside, whether that's your families, your friends? Um, I like to think that, you know, you guys probably don't care and it's just your relationship, but a lot of times, you know, outside, you know, families and friends can influence relationships. So I'm just interested to hear kind of your, your perspective from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, so, I mean, just to, just to get a little more clarity, you're, you're basically asking how we feel about how other people view our relationship. Correct. Uh, so view your relationship, yes, but two, also how, how we feel. 
yeah, how does that make you feel, whether that's, whether it's positive or it's a negative um, feeling that, that the outside, like the outside world is giving you guys um, just in general, what are the types of conversations that you guys are having? Like, so to give you an example, so for me and my wife, you know, I, I grew up Jewish. Um, you know, my wife grew up, you know, not necessarily like super religious, but her grandparents were religious um, going to church. So like, like the conversations we were having was when we have kids, like, how are we going to raise our kids? Or are we going to, you know, even just for us as a couple, are we going to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas or just one of them? Um, and I'm not just speaking about religion, but just, again, how that outside influence can affect you guys in your relationship. Yeah, I think that um, for us, um, or like how people, you know, like because we're in a mixed race relationship um, or an interracial relationship, like how people view us in, in whether it's, you know, they're, they feel like it's more of a, a divisive thing by not, yeah, you know, being exactly. in, you know, a same, um, a same race marriage or a relationship and, and things like that. Or what, if it's, have you experienced anything like that? Friends, yeah. anything, family? I mean, you know, I haven't, I feel like, well, if, if we, if we care or not, I think the answer is yes. You know, like, mm -hmm. Like, I do care how people view us personally, uh, mm -hmm. our relationship. Um, it doesn't change things, you know, like, it doesn't mean that um, it'll influence how I feel about Stephanie and our relationship. You know, it wouldn't affect it in that kind of a way. But I do care in a sense of like, I want other people to understand this better. And I want people to accept it, you know, mm -hmm. so I want to you know, I want to do my part in saying, like, in showing people, especially older generations, like, yep. you know, that this is okay, you know, and, and this is, in a way, it's the future, you know, um, For sure. you know, now more than ever, are we seeing more mixed relationships? And, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't remember the, the exact date, but not, you know, not until like, what, maybe 50 years ago or so, was it even legal? Mm -hmm. You know what yep. I mean? So, so this is still kind of brand new, but like, I feel like our generation is kind of like really taking off on, on, uh, on this, on showing the world that this is okay. This is acceptable and it's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, growing up, you know, I, I might've heard a few things here and there where like, you know, just just the old generational way of thinking and traditional way of thinking, like, you know, and, and this is the type of stuff you see on TV and in, and in uh, shows, movies or whatever, where like, you know, a traditional family, you know, from a specific background or whatever, they, you know, they would like to see that, you know, they mm -hmm. want to see you pursue someone within the same race or religion or whatever it is. And, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm almost pretty, I, I feel like almost every family is like that in a way, you know, there's, there might be very few that aren't. Um, yeah. And hopefully soon we can kind of break out of that because, you know, we should all be able to live the life that we want to live regardless yep. of our background and color and all that kind of stuff. But Agreed. Um, Agreed. yeah, I mean uh, this, this for me is like, this is the first time I've ever dated uh, uh, someone white and like, uh, I never thought I would, you know, um, you wait. So you never thought that you would end up with a white girl? 
Never. No, never. <laughs> I, I talk to so all right. So this is the, this is the this is the answer that I wanted from you. So, <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm interested to hear more about that because in my mind, like when we like so again, like you talked about like shows and movies and you know, and like when you hear like the you know, in the black communities, like and and I'm just using this as an example, yeah. in the black communities, like uh black women and again, I'm not saying that this is all black women. I'm not saying this is every black community. And I want that to be very clear. Um, but like black women don't like white women because they feel like they're stealing the black men from the black women kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like why? Like, so what What was your mind? Not saying like you're racist, like towards white people. But like, what was your mindset in regards to like why you thought you would never end up with a white girl? It, well, yeah, I mean, it's not that <laughs> it's not so much of like that I wasn't you know, attracted or Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, being with a white woman was like a bad thing. Well, I think it was just more of a a scary idea. You know, it's just something that's, it it seemed really foreign and like, um, I don't know if I'm choosing the right words here, but like, you know, risky, intimidating, you know, all of those kinds of things, like, will this work, you know? And and it's because Mm -hmm. of, you know, everything that we're talking about now, it's like, you know, could, could we, could I potentially break through all of that and, and be with someone like that and, and deal with all of the issues that we're dealing with today in the world? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, cause yeah. I feel like, you know, there, there might be some relationships out there where they're mixed and, and some people can't handle it, you know, even, yep. even if they love each other, they can't handle the amount of pressure, the amount of stress and, and like the marathon that we have to go through, like this just, it doesn't end, you know, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a conversation that we have all the time. It's going to be something that we feel, you know, every day and, and we just have to go through it. So, you know, I think it was kind of those things that kind of would make me think like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Like, I don't know if it yeah. would work, you know, um, yeah. So that's why I had never thought that I would ever end up with, you know, uh, marrying a white woman or even dating a white woman in, in general. Yeah. So um, yeah. it, 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 it's kind of crazy now that I think about it, because like <laughs> when we first started dating, I didn't think about that. Um, I didn't which, which is weird because like I'm, I'm telling you that that's how I felt. But when we first yeah. started dating, I didn't I didn't think about it. It just kind of happened. And, you know, we enjoyed each other's company, but um, not until, you know, the past couple of years that I think like, wow, like, and I started reflecting because we, we would have conversations about like, you know, our past relationships and like whenever things pop up in, in, in the media um, and, and we have these conversations about race and all that kind of stuff, not, not until like the past couple of years that I start reflecting on like, wow, like I never dated a white woman before. And like, here I am, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've only dated, you know, Latin women. And, um, you know, because that was a comfort zone that, you know, that's that's where that's my, my background. And yep. and um, it's just uh, it's a you know, I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards that. It's like, what do you know? That's what you go with, you know? Yeah. So it's an, it, it, that's an interesting point because I'm the complete opposite of you. So for me, you know, being a you know mixed race, um, I and again, not saying that I'm not attracted to black women. But I guess hearing you kind of say it out loud makes me kind of think about it too. Cause again, like you, like you didn't, you don't really think about it when you're in the situation. Um, 
but like I find myself thinking, okay, like why why was I never with a black woman? Um, why did I never date a black woman? And if if I had to spit out a response right now to you, like just like unfiltered, it would probably be because, um, and I think this goes back to the microaggressions component. So like I didn't always experience microaggressions just from white people. I experienced microaggressions from from the black community and microaggressions from like the Latin community too, because that's part of my background. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I would hear things like, oh, like and, and pretty much similarities from the white community and the black community of microaggressions towards me would be like, oh, like you're too, you know, you're um too white to be black, or you're you know what I mean, or like vice versa, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, but like in the black community, like I'm not black enough, you know what I mean? And that like, I didn't meet the criteria to fit into like that, you know, the box of like the black community or like being like that strong willed black man kind of thing. Right. Um, it, so it's interesting hearing you say that that kind of makes me think back to like, like deep down in my brain of like what my reasoning would be. And that would probably be my first, like, like if, if the rules were reversed here and you were asking me that question, that's probably would have been my first response is like, I feel like I don't fit into the black community in the sense. And I think that's partially because of like where Stephanie and I were raised, you know, in Boca mm-hmm. in Florida where, you know, predominantly, you know, it's like 87, 85%, you know, white people. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like 5%, you know, or the rest, you know, maybe 10%, you know, um, you know, black people. And then, you know, 5%, you know, Latin, you know, or, or, or whatever else. So, right. Um, I just think it's really interesting and it kind of like, you know, having these types of conversations makes us think about thoughts that we don't really touch on a lot. Like I never really, I probably, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever verbally said that out loud in regards to like my feelings of why I've never gravitated towards dating a black woman. Um, and that's like the purpose of me having these conversations or of us having these conversations is, is to get us thinking outside the box in like uncomfortable situations and about situations that we've been in and how we could have reacted differently or what we could have done differently or like how we can learn from certain things. Um, so I think it's really interesting. And like for you, Stephanie, like, you know, on your side of things, um, you know, I think you and I dated maybe in like fourth grade, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, Juan, but, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like, you know, I know you mentioned Steph, like before, um, you know, you've been in other like, you know, uh, in other relationships with, a, with another race um, individual. Um, but for you on a personal level, similar to, like to what Juan just kind of expressed, have you ever like felt that or had feelings about that? Um, about Juan not um, thinking that he would ever marry a white woman. Well, toward I think. Well, I, th- I would love to hear your response on that. Um, so let's let's touch on that first. What what you know? I, I'm assuming that's not the first time you've heard that, right? No, it's it's not, and and it, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I, I I get it, and I think it totally makes sense, especially when you know you're. He was raised um, in a completely different culture, obviously, than I was, and mm-hmm. tons of latin women around him and so it would only make sense for him um to feel comfortable or to feel like you know attracted to other latin women or women of color and i i totally get that it doesn't bother me at all um 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any kind of uh, negative thoughts towards that. I, I, yeah. I, I think, no, for sure. I, I for think sure. it. I think it totally. Uh, it, it it totally makes sense. Have you ever had any like discomforts or like second quote unquote second thoughts about you know dating outside your race, or has it always just kind of not always, but like it just never really was like a, anything to you in regards to that? Um, it, it's so funny that you bring that up because I think for a while, um, growing up and I was in, you know, different relationships and, and, you know, they were with, um, Latin men or a black man or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really see it. It was like, it did, it, it didn't really pose like a problem for me and it, it didn't bother me, but, um, it wasn't until I was dating somebody a long time ago and, they are black and they were really weird about going places together, like in public. And it wasn't like a thing where mm-hmm. they were trying to like hide me or anything. It was, mm-hmm. it, and he expressed this to me at one point because I got upset. It was where he was raised. It was like, you marry or you date within your race. Like you don't date mm-hmm. white women if you're black. And I obviously never experienced that because it, I dated who I wanted to. And that was never expressed to me by my parents. And so, um, and I, I totally understood where he was coming from and why he was saying that, but it, it wasn't until that moment that I was like, Oh, okay. I need to be a little bit more conscious as to like, you know, how the other person in this relationship is feeling about dating a white woman, if they're not white. Um, and so I, I think after that, um, I kind of started to think about it more when, I, when, if, or when I dated outside of my race. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it never made me feel like I didn't want to date someone who was outside my race for, for that reason. If anything, I think I, I welcome it more because I appreciate the culture. I appreci- appreciate the diversity. I, I, I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I, I like that. I enjoy that. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, it's an interesting perspective, you know, because um, I don't know a ton of people, excuse me, who are in like mixed race relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure if I, you know, thought, you know, deeply about who I know, I'm sure I could, f- you know, find people. But like, if I had to spit someone out right now, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know of people, but I can't sit here and give you like a full list. Mm-hmm. But going like back to your comment about the, you know, the black, you know, this black guy who you were dating um, in regards to like going out in public places with with you. Um, I <clears throat> am hypersensitive like that. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, when when my wife and I first started dating and even till this day, well, minus COVID because we don't go out in public anymore, but um, I would always be hypersensitive when we walked into restaurants, bars, um, not necessarily like grocery stores or anything like that, but like where there was like an, like a, like an establishment, mm-hmm. you know, like a, 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 like a small boutique or a store or something like that. I'd be hypersensitive to like my, my very first initial feeling and response is, who's looking at us and why are they looking at us? Because I've experienced so many times where 
people are 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 judging me and my significant other specifically my wife you know mm-hmm. current like now where they're like they're giving us such a, a judgmental look that like it's that created this like I feel like it's like a cloud over me every time I go into public with my wife um and I always say it to her like like do you like ever notice like you know people looking and, sh- and she says no like I don't you, I don't mm-hmm. or like you know, if I, if I mention it to somebody else, like, oh, like, you know, you know, when I go to these places, you know, someone or, or people are looking at us like weird, like people's responses. And I don't know if you want to call this a microaggression, but I think this is more of um, just brushing it under the rug. And they'd be like, well, they're looking at you because you're a good looking couple. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They very well, very well may be doing that. Like they might be looking at us and be like, oh, like they might be admiring us because we're a good looking couple or like we're good looking individuals or whatever the case may be. Um, so you try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I've experienced so many times, you know, people giving me like judgmental looks like in regards to like, what are you doing with her or what is she doing with you kind of thing? Or what are you both doing in here together? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys have experienced that. And maybe it's something, you know, that maybe one, you see more than Stephanie or vice versa, or maybe you guys don't see it at all because again, you guys live in LA. I mean, it doesn't get any more mixed than that. Um, yeah. You know, and you're coming from, you know, New York city again, where you don't get any more mixed than that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, like it's, I'm just super hypersensitive to it. I I'm, I'm, would imagine there's a lot of people who are like that. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely have experienced that um, plenty of times. Um, and I, I do notice it. I'm, I'm not sure if Stephanie notices that as much as I do. Cause I I'm, do. yeah, I mean, we're, we're both very um, observant people and, you know, we're always kind of like aware of our, our surroundings and just looking around and, all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, for me personally, like I, as, as scary as the world may be sometimes, like I actually, that is for some reason, the one thing that I enjoy the most is like going out in public <laughs> and showing the world, like, you know, this is who I'm with. Um, sure. Even though you don't know me personally, you might think she might be just my friend. And then if you mm-hmm. see us holding hands, oh, they're together. You know, they yeah. might not even know we're married or anything like that. But I, I love showing people, you know, what I have and like, and just kind of like just throw it in, throw it, throwing it in their face. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like now what, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to say about it? Like, I dare you kind of thing, yeah. you know, and that's just how I've always been. Um, not just with this kind of a, uh, with, with this topic specifically, but with anything, um, mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, like test me, you know, uh, I, I, I really wish you would say something so I can put you in your spot because, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, that's, that's the New York in me, maybe, I don't know, but um, it, I, I look forward to it all the time. Like if, if someone's giving yeah. us a stare, I'll stare right back at them and, and yeah. I'll maybe I'll, I'll French kiss her right in front of them. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. You know. No, I, I hear what you're saying. That's my mentality too. Is like, you know and and again i think that goes back to like the original part of our conversation like i i welcome that and like you know because i'm so hypersensitive to it and like that sometimes it can become combative so like that's been the one thing that i'm trying to work on like personally is is not becoming combative and like when i say combative like i don't mean i'm throwing fists at people or like you know cursing at them 
But like sometimes I feel like I really need to put them in their place and really tell them what's truly going on. And sometimes the way I communicate that because I'm can be such an, like an aggressive person. And then I wear my heart on my sleeve that it comes off the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than me, like trying to educate someone, it's more of me just telling someone to go fuck off mm -hmm. kind of thing. And even though some part of my message might be telling them to go fuck off. I truly just want to educate them too. Like in regards to like, yo, like we're in 2020. Um, like your mindset is just totally ass backwards kind of thing. You know what totally. I mean? Um, so uh, I, I hear what you guys are saying. And I appreciate you, you know, being open about that. So, um, so let's, let's kind of, let's do a, let's talk about some positives. <laughs> um, you know, you meant, I think one of you, I can't remember, I think it might've been you, Juan. Um, you mentioned about it being like a beautiful thing, like being in a mixed race marriage and, you know, being with your significant other who is, and, you know, going back to literally just this last part that you talked about, like, I want to, like, I, you know, you want to show your wife off and you want to, you know, show people what you have. Um, like, talk to me about like the positives out of that, like, you know, your relationship, your families. Um, just like the really like good things that have come out of your relationship and being together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, um, we've learned a lot, you know, I've learned a lot. I know Stephanie's learned a lot and she, she'll chime, chime in in a second, but, um, yeah, I mean, just being exposed to like each other's culture and stuff like that, like, you know, just learning more about, you know, Jewish traditions and stuff like that. And her learning more about, you know, our Spanish culture and, you know, our food and, you know, what we do and all that kind of stuff. And where I come from, just in general, like being able to connect with someone in that way, um, where you can constantly learn from each other and, and teach each other things that you wouldn't have if you were would have been in a different relationship. Like, sure, you can go explore and 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 uh educate yourself and find mm -hmm. out what someone else you know someone else's culture is all about and stuff like that but it's different when you're experiencing it firsthand mm -hmm. um so so that is you know like it's it's always an adventure you know um and and always just to kind of see each other's perspective is always interesting but i think also just aside from us um our families as well you know like yeah. I feel like both of our families have learned a lot, you know, over these past five years. And I think especially even just this past year with how, you know, escalated things have gotten mm -hmm. with race. Mm -hmm. um, we've been able to learn a lot and have these conversations that, you know, it just wouldn't have happened if we were For sure. both in a relationship with our own race, you know? So yeah. I, I think that's another beautiful thing about it is that, like, yeah we're all kind of learning together and we're all pushing forward. Um, you know, that, that this is a, a beautiful thing and it's acceptable yeah. and, and, um, and embracing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's cool too. Like, you know, I was, I saw the pic, you know, your guys's wedding pictures. Um, and even though you had a super small wedding, what was really cool um, to see, and, and obviously you would see this really well, you may not see it actually it, it, with, you know, all mixed race marriages, you know, it, at their weddings. Mm -hmm. um, but what was really cool about your guys' pictures 
Uh, one, because it was so small and like intimate. But two, when I saw you guys have the, you know, the pic, the one picture of, you know, your side, Stephanie, with your, your family, mm-hmm. and then Juan with your family, and then you two in the middle, it was really cool to see because, like you said, you guys come from such different cultures and backgrounds. And then having you two, like, in the middle, like, you know, like the whole, like, um, message you know like having you two in the middle Mm -hmm. in like just blending your families together is really cool and i thought like that picture of you guys and your families like speaks volumes to just like your your marriage and like your background and like what you guys come from i think it's really cool um to see that so um what about you stephanie like from your side what you know some positives yeah um i i think similar to kind of what what juan touched on one of the most, I think, exciting things for me and and one of the ways that I was really able to kind of like build a relationship with Juan's mom, which was super important to me, um, is she, she taught me how to cook a lot of different kinds of Dominican food. And I, I mean, I obviously wouldn't have gotten that experience if I was dating someone, um, you know, within my own race. And, um, so I, I, I truly appreciate that. And, um, being able to kind of learn those things and, and how mm-hmm. to, to cook that way is important for me because when we do have children, like I want them to um, obviously, you know, appreciate where they come from and their background and like the the, dif- the different kinds of food and the Dominican food and, and all those types of things. So that, yeah. that was like a, a huge positive thing for me and something I'm so appreciative of. Um, and then also, you know, just in general, I think, being with Juan and um, being, you know, with somebody who is obviously um, they celebrate, they have, they celebrate a different religion than I do. Um, They are Latin, you know, different race than me. Um, Like I kind of touched on this before, but it's really allowed me to kind of, um, sort of open up more and like I said, be more empathetic and along with being sympathetic. But I think the first time I, I really experienced this or realized that I needed to do this was actually, um, I guess, yeah, it was four years ago um, after Trump was elected um, the next day when we woke up and I saw Juan's face and I, it really didn't hit me what it meant to him and like what that, what his actual fears were and like because I just I didn't true I got it but I didn't truly get it until I saw his face and so I I think from that moment on it was really important for me to to understand put myself in his shoes or try to at least and that was like one of like I think my my great learnings from from this relationship and I really appreciate that um Mm -hmm. And yeah, I appreciate our, our families coming together um, and really blending. Um, I, I think it's been great. Also, this past year, I've been able to have really open communication and conversations with my parents. Um, yeah. You know, you know, my parents and um, they've never been one to tell me who to date. And, oh, I can only date with inside of inside of my religion, which, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of times when you're Jewish, that's how you're raised. And there are people within my family, not my immediate family, but within our family that do not condone the the relationship that Juan and I have. And they would never probably Mm. say it publicly, but we know this. Um, And so, you know, with that said, I, I think it was important that, 
I had a, you know, this conversation with my parents to make sure that they do understand like the kinds of things that Juan goes through every day or, um, you know, in general, um, people of color and what the experiences are and what like white privilege actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's been really great to, to be able to have those conversations and for them to understand it and be open to it and, and yeah. accept it and actually do their own learnings and do their part. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome what you guys are saying. And I mean, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, and Stephanie, you just kind of triggered something in my mind. So when you talked about, um, you know, sh- sharing your thoughts and, and having a conversation with your parents, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to figure out how I can word this. So I'm kind of reflecting in regards to my last or, or an episode that's going to be coming out. Um, and, and Ty, who, who was my guest is, um, uh, a gay male. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about, he's a black gay male, which is even harder in his mm-hmm. you know, culture. Um, he talked about, you know, like he gave me a rundown in, in his background and like regards to like having conversations with his family and like how his family is accepting him, you know, more so every day and those types of things. And so we always hear conversations about um, people who are part of the LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. community, like coming out to their parents or coming out to their grandparents, you know, wh- whomever they feels like that, um, like that ground for them. Right. And there, and there's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there's, there's no meaning behind that. Cause I couldn't imagine like what the, I, I can't fathom that, what that feeling's like internally for someone who's trying to come out, um, who's, who's literally scared for their life to say something to their loved ones specifically like, in regards to like, like that they love someone of the same gender or whatever the case may be. But then when you were talking, like, you don't ever really hear, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to um, say that, you know, people of the LGBTQ community, like, aren't important because they are just as important. Um, but you never hear about, like, people having conversations, like, when they're dating outside their race and, like, in regards to how that affects their relationship with their parents when they go to tell their parents, like, I'm dating a white girl or I'm dating a white guy or whatever the case might be. Um, you don't ever hear about that. Like you don't ever hear people talk about their stories, like, you know, like their parents not being accepting, but yet they're still going to push through and they're still going to be in that relationship because they love their significant other. And, you know, they'll feel that their family will come around whenever they come around or there's, you know, families like yours or both of yours where they're accepting of, of your significant other and they're willing to be open and to learn and to educate themselves and, you know, X, Y, and Z. So um, it's just really interesting to me, you know, like that you don't ever hear about that. You don't ever hear people talking about those conversations. And if you hear the con- like pe- about people talking about them, it's typically like the positive conversations. You never hear about the negative ones mm-hmm. um, and how that affects people. Because, you know, we see that like so much, like how it affects, you know, people of the LGBTQ community and how it affects them moving forward or how scared they are to come out. Um, like, how does that make other people who are dating outside the race feel too, when they're coming from, you know, a family who might be racist or bigots or whatever they, or, you know, um, 
of, of a different religion or whatever. So I just think it's really interesting. It kind of triggered that thought in my mind. Um, you know, just, just something I'd, I'd say out loud. So, um, so as we're kind of wrapping up, I know Stephanie, you kind of had a couple questions you wanted to ask me. Um, if you remember them or not, I have got them written down, but, um, I'll pass it over to you and see, you know, see what you've got for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think I remember one of them, um, mm-hmm. but I was just curious because this is something that's kind of been coming up a little bit more between Juan and I, um, you know, the types of conversations that you and your wife are having um, and, and if you're comfortable or if she's comfortable mm-hmm. with you sharing um, about, you know, race and religion and, and how you're going to talk about it with your kids and I think it's particularly important for for me to kind of get some insight because I I've I've watched some videos and I've read things and I I I just feel like it's kind of different everywhere and I've seen the side where um you know maybe white families are um talking to their kids, speaking to their children and they want them to understand that um you know that there's all different you know there's people of color there's black people there's latin people and and what that means but they kind of put it in the sense of like oh my child doesn't see color and i don't necessarily mm-hmm. know if i if i agree with that tone or, or that way of putting it so i'm always curious like yeah. what kinds of conversations are other people having um who will need to have this conversation with their kids one day for sure yeah. So no, good question. So, um, to touch, so you kind of had two, two questions there. So I'm actually going to touch on the second part of that in regards to like being colorblind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was raised to be colorblind. Um, and I always thought through my life, like we should be colorblind. Mm-hmm. Like that was just my, my thought. Um, episode, I don't know. It was maybe episode three, two or three, maybe on, on my podcast, um, with a buddy of mine, Khalil, um, he's also a mixed, mixed, uh, race male, um, and has a, a biracial or mixed race, um, son. And I asked him the same question you kind of just asked me and just in regards to like, he's a, a single dad, um, has shared custody, you know, with his, uh, with his son's, uh, mother. <clears throat> um, and we talked about that and he actually said something that really, uh, opened my eyes and made me think more in regards to the concept of being colorblind. Mm-hmm. And he said that, he doesn't raise his son being colorblind. He raises his son that people are what they are, black, white, Chinese, whatever the case may be. And that he teaches his son that people are different, but people are different. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes people beautiful. That's what makes us different. That's what makes um, everybody themselves. Even like if you take, one white person from the next white person, like they are completely different people. So when he said that, I was like, Oh wow. Like, like I understood what he was saying. Like I was processing what he was saying. But then as I sat on that, like for days after that, I was like, wow, like that really hit home. And it's making me think more about not just me in my mindset, but in regards to my son and and like in our future children, you know, is that, um, it's important that my son and future children, our, you know, my wife and I, mm-hmm. um, teach that there's differences, right? Because my son is going to see that his mother and his father are different by color. Mm-hmm. 
And it's important that he understands that he is a blend of those two. And that even though his skin color is white, he is mixed race and that he needs to appreciate the differences from each racial background for himself. But then also, too, when he meets other children and other kids and and starts to gain friendships and relationships and even down the road starts to date, it's important for him to take those differences and judge people for the positives out of those differences rather than the negatives out of those differences. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it, it you know, makes sense. I love that. Yeah. And finding the beauty in the differences of someone who's different than you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, so to give you a perfect example, and this is like minuscule compared to like the bigger picture, but my wife always says, like, I'm so jealous of like black women who have like Afro-like hair. Mm-hmm you know, who have Afro. She's like, I've always wanted that. She's like, I think they're beautiful. I think it's like just amazing. And she like wishes every time, you know, she's like, oh, she wished, she wished uh, Liam had hair like that. And she's like, oh, for any of our future children, you know, she wishes that they're going to have like an Afro-like hair because she thinks it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, yes, it's something very small and minuscule and really at the end of the day, isn't like a major thing, but for her, she sees a difference in someone, but she sees it as a beautiful thing. Not like someone who's like, oh, like, oh, she's got nappy hair. So she's probably got, it's probably such a pain in the ass to, you know, keep it going or whatever the case may be. Um, she just looks at the at the positive in that. And I think that's really cool um, to kind of put it into perspective like that. So that's kind of the second part. And I know I kind of touched on the first part too. Mm-hmm. So we have... Um, we, we, so before Liam was, was even a thought, um, you know, we had conversations about, you know, when we have kids, like what it's going to be like. And I think the conversation was more of, I wanted her to kind of understand from my perspective, or I guess see from my perspective, what it's like as a colored person or a mixed race person, what it's like to live in this world. Um, and that our child, irregardless of their color is, so again, Liam, you look at Liam, he is, is white, he's white skin, but when he goes to school and he starts going to school, his friends or other kids are going to see his parents as different. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the type of conversations like we will have to have with him when he starts to comprehend what the, what that's about. Um, and I just, I wanted her to kind of have that understanding because she had never, dated outside of her race Mm -hmm. before me um so i just and that's not a bad thing sure but i think it's important that you have those conversations and be open about it and yes it it may cause some some you know riff in the conversation because it's it's a really uncomfortable conversation to have it's a serious conversation to have but I think it's a necessary and important conversation to have and to walk through those steps because the last thing you want to do is to ignore that topic um, completely. And then you end up having a child and then all of a sudden now you're stuck in this world of the unknown and you haven't really prepared for it. So at least start having the conversations now, which I'm sure you guys are having because you're asking the questions. So that's kind of my response to that. Um, and I think it's just, again, it's just super important for, 
your significant other, irregardless, even if you were in the same race, mm-hmm. um, yeah. for them to understand what your perspective and what your experience is like. Because again, you can be in the same race relationship or marriage and your experiences can be completely different. You know what I mean? You could be, one could be white, a white Jew, let's just say, mm-hmm. and you dated outside your race and religion, but Juan had never done that. Mm-hmm. Right. And now your now your experiences are so different because you guys, you know, are, are just on different, you know, playing fields and your views are different. Yeah. So now how do you have that conversation? You know what I mean? So it's not always just about race and, and that's kind of the important part. And that's, that's one of the important parts about having this podcast is that our relationships, our friendships, our significant others, our families, and even strangers, we're also intertwined, whether we like it or not, um, that, it's in, that it's imperative that we have these conversations because they're the, it's, it's there because <laughs> people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, so um, good, that's a good question, though. It's a really good question. Um, I can't remember the second one, though. The second question. The second one was, like, uh, does my wife feel some sort of sense of responsibility to defend me? Oh, um, yes. In regards to race or, like, just to, you know, friends, family, or whatever the case is. So, um, so her family is, has been, and is so accepting of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But that's not even a, a question mm-hmm. in regards to like having to defend me against family. Um, I know her family would go to war for me and with me. Um, you know, so that's the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to just the outside world, um, I think so. Going back to your point about you know four years ago. Um, when you guys woke up the next day after the election and you saw that Trump was elected and you saw Juan's face. So we were both really disappointed. And well, I guess disappointed isn't the word. (laughs) Um, We were both really upset and angry. I was angry. Mm -hmm. um, And I had this flash, um, you know, of the future of like, oh my God, like what could possibly happen kind of thing. And I mean, quite honestly, I didn't think we'd be at the point we were at now, right. but I mean, it's, just, it's, it's right there. Um, but I think where, when it really kind of hit was more recently um, in regards to like our relationship. Um, when we started to kind of see like campaigning and you started to see kind of like pre-election, you know, poll numbers and obviously with all like the social unrest that was going on and injustices that were going, that are and were going on, you know, during this pandemic. um, I think she saw it affect me more now than she did before. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I realized it was affecting me more than it had in the past. And it was probably a combination of, of a lot of things like all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think she, she, you know, we had, we had hard conversations, you know, and we talked through a lot of things and there were times maybe when we disagree, we agreed to disagree on certain, like there's, you know, obviously certain things that, you know, you can agree to disagree on. Um, but I know that my wife would go to war with me as well. So not just her family, um, you know, for me and with me, she would, and she would defend me. Now, 
if I'm acting a fool, <laughs> I can guarantee you that she's going to put me in my place and, um, you know, and she will still defend me, but she's going to put me in my place. Mm-hmm. So there have been instances, um, you know, where she has, you know, defended me and not because I was in the wrong, but because someone else was in the wrong and for what they were doing and, and their beliefs were so ass backwards, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I think, yes, there's a sense of responsibility that she, she carries. Right. And I know we've had the conversations about, you know, she has to think now, like what it's like having a mixed race, you know, who, you know, I, I look, I'm not black, black, but you know, to some people I'm black to some people I look, you know, middle Eastern or, or, or Puerto Rican or whatever the case is. And she feels a sense of like, um, I guess like, uh, nervous, like when I leave the house because of all like the issues that are going on socially, um, you know, and that she has to think twice about like, you know, asking me maybe where I am or what I'm doing or who I'm going to be with or whatever the case is, not because she doesn't trust me, but because of like security purposes. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a, you and I'll kind of put it on the reverse to kind of end it. So I have a sense of responsibility that I have as well for her and for my son. And what I mean by that is a perfect example is, you know, where we live now, we just moved about a, you know, a little over a year ago from being in the city of Rochester to, um, you know, the countryside, essentially just like the outside of, you know, 30 minutes, you know, outside of Rochester where we live in the country mm-hmm. and, um, the mentality is very, very different out here. Um, very much so than, than a city vibe. And when the election was going on or the campaigning and the election, I wanted to put not necessarily a Biden sign because whatever, but I wanted to, you know, put black lives matter flag outside or a black lives matter, um, you know, yard sign or something like that. And I literally could not do that because I was afraid of the safety of not just myself, but my wife and my son Mm -hmm. because of the people that, you know, not necessarily my neighbors, but the people that live in this area who drive down my country road may have very different views and could maybe pose harm to us, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to think about those types of things, which is, which is really shitty at the fact that I can't put a black lives matter flag outside because I'm concerned about the safety of my family. Like that's just, that's just insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it is absolutely insane. And quite honestly, I'm pretty sure that if, you know, I put a Biden sign, there, there's probably some crazy, oh, you know, for sure. other siders who would want to pose harm just because I have a Biden sign. Yeah, it's possible you know that they see it the same way as a, a Black Lives Matter flag. True. Very, very true. I think it may not hit them initially or immediately like a Black Lives Matter flag would. But when they think about it, they're like, oh, well, Biden's associated with Black Lives Matter because X, Y, and Z. So, right. like, if you're with Biden, you're against this kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Um, and I, I hate that. I hate that the, the political component of this country has become like two sides. If you are one side and you view the other side, and I'm guilty of this, that you view the other side as like a threat yeah. and that they're idiots or they're racists or whatever the case may be, um, that like we just cannot come to an agreement in the middle and have a middle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I don't want to get into politics here, but that is my long winded response um, to that question. And I think that, that's also a really good question because 
you know, we all have a sense of responsibility to our significant others, but when it comes to defending and safety and, you know, going back to our first question about microaggressions and, and Juan essentially having you by his side when he goes into public, like, again, like sense of responsibility and defending him, sense of, you know, uh, safety, you know, because you never really know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having that white, that white person next to you or vice versa, you know, having that black person next to you, depending on the situation you're in, you know, may help you out. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's, you know, again, <clears throat> these types of conversations are super important. And I think that, you know, what we went through in this conversation helped me, you know, better understand what's going on, what it's like for other people in mixed race relationships and just individually and collectively, um, you know, and, and for all of us just to come to the table and just have a conversation and, and, and people give me a platform to talk about for me to give others a platform to talk about um, their feelings and their thoughts and their experiences. And um, I think this is crucial and super important. So I really, really appreciate you guys, um, you know, coming on and, and talking with me and spending some time on your vacation to, to walk through some of these, these topics. So again, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. You know, and I'll leave this, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, we appreciate it too. And, and um, I think it's, it's really important for, you know, everyone to, to have these conversations um, and not, not just with, with each other. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, with, with uh, people that we have the same, you know, viewpoints and stuff like that. But I think even for those who don't agree with um, mm-hmm. what we think or, or how we feel um, when it comes to, you know, interracial relationships or, or even politics, um, I think yep. that we we should all we also need to have uh, those conversations um, because, you know, a lot of these things might not be, you know, we might not align overnight, um, but e- even if it takes years, it's worth it, you know, um, because at the end of the day, we're all human. And I don't truly believe um, that, you know, I mean, I mean. Uh, what I was going to say is that I don't, I don't truly believe that, you know, there are, you know, like these deep evil people out there, but, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's just my opinion. But like I said, what I'm trying to say is that over time, I feel like we can see eye to eye, regardless of how opposite our beliefs are. Um, so I think that investing time in those conversations also would, would be super helpful and beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, like you said, investing the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's just taking the time and going back to Stephanie's original, you know, uh, saying being empathetic versus sympathetic. Obviously, we want to be both of those, but really just the, the, the empathy, you know, behind it is, is really important. So, um, again, I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking the time to talk uh, and, and walking me through some of the things that are going on in your lives. So, um, Stephanie, anything you want to say? No, I, I really appreciate you having us on here. The conversation has been great um, and just really like enlightening, eye-opening. I'm glad I've gotten to talk about some of these things and also kind of ask you some of those questions to, to get your, your insight or, or your wife's. For sure. For sure. No, again, thank you. Um, and I will leave this with everyone. So as always, uh, remember to listen, learn, educate, and be genuine with one another. Uh, Thanks to everybody listening and tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned for our next episode. Take care.